Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Moms are amazing at tracking down hard-to-find items. Library books, socks, you name it. But sometimes help is welcomed. Care.com makes it easy to find babysitters near you. Sitters with the experience and skills your family needs, like after-school pickup and homework help. You just post a job for qualified sitters to apply. And since all Care.com caregivers are background checked, you can feel confident about interviewing and hiring. To get the child care help you need, sign up now at Care.com. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the Real Ones Canes podcast. I'm the Beast, Brian London. Joining me, as always, is my partner in crime, Brandon O'Doy. And, Brandon, we are coming off a big win for the University of Miami, 48-33 over Texas A&M at Hard Rock Stadium. And coming into this one, we had a lot of questions about how this one was going to go down, but it, it went down with a Miami victory. It definitely did, and to my pleasant surprise, you had a scenario where the Miami Hurricanes were the most physical team on the football field, and that's what you want to see. And You didn't expect that with the SEC bodies, especially the way that Jimbo Fisher and this Texas A&M team have been recruiting. But Miami's been recruiting very well, especially as of late. And those transfer portal additions, especially some of the ones in the defensive backfield, namely Jaden Davis, um, paid off really, really big for the Miami Hurricanes. Some unfortunate news surrounding some injuries, but you got out of that one with the win and you had to have it. Speaking of injuries, I uh, watched Mario Cristobal's press conference on Monday and uh, watched Shannon Dawson and Lance Guidry and no word on injuries. We're just not going to talk about injuries. We're just going to say, hey, we're working on it. The, the trainers are working on it. So we have no idea. They, they Four guys went down in the game, I think, plus Cam Kitchens. Uh, my numbers might be off, but I know we got some defensive issues. Mesador went down. Uh, Nigelic uh, Kelly went down. Fletcher went down. I'm trying to think of the fourth. Uh, oh, Branson Dean uh, yeah. went down. Um, and those that's some that's some crucial talent, especially on the uh, on the defensive side. And it's a short week. The, the only good saving grace, and I don't like to demand, demean these, you know, HBCU schools that, that, that come down here and, and give it their all, but the, the good saving grace for the University of Miami is they're not playing Florida State this week. Yeah, you don't have the Seminoles on the schedule this week. You've got Bethune-Cookman. They've got a first-year head coach 
and they've got a brand new staff, but they've got some experience in the coaching staff. This will not be a gimme game, uh, but nevertheless, it's expected to be a very uh, sure victory for the Hurricanes and much needed at the time where you've got some, you know, concerns injury-wise, Beast, with regard to this Hurricane team, particularly along the defensive line. And so you're going to need this week, a short week, and you're going to need at Temple to be relatively easy games uh, because you need to get some guys back from injury. I'm told uh, that the Cam Kitchens injury is not something to be super concerned about. There's very uh, good optimism in in the program that, you know, he's going to come back within a reasonable period of time. And like I said, you're not going to take any chances with him this week uh, uh, in a short week against Bethune-Cookman. I don't even think you see him uh, against Temple. And um, so you've got some things to to kind of be um, excited about based on the depth that you have shown. And you're going to need that depth because uh, I wouldn't put anybody out there that doesn't need to be out there on Thursday night. You know, you, you talk about Cam Kitchens and every single guy that we have talked to in the last few weeks since the season started, especially on defense, has just talked about the leadership that he, he provides. He is unequivocally the leader of this team. And I don't think he's the biggest vocal guy. I think he does it by example, and they lead from him. Um, oh, always got to love when the, uh, the UPS guy decides to show up while we're doing the podcast. You know, he's a dog, kind of like what we're hearing in the background there at, you know, your house beast. This is a guy that goes out, shows it on the field. He's a quiet example type guy. Just watch me do as I do, not necessarily do as I say. But we talked to him at media day. He's growing in his sort of loquaciousness and his ability to kind of step forward as a leader. But when he went down, you saw the entire team was very anxious to make sure that nothing was wrong with them. It's different when you're playing with a guy that already has his name in the rafters there in the indoor practice facility at the University of Miami because he's an All-American. So, you know, that kind of brings a special cachet, and and he's earned the right to sort of be that unquestionable leader on this team, especially on defense. But shout-out to, you know, James Williams and the other guys on this Miami Hurricane team say, five, we got you. We're going to pick up the slack. And I think that's one of the storylines going into this week, not so much – how Miami, how much Miami wins by, or if they will win, they're they're obviously beat Bethune Cookman. But who steps up as leaders, and who, given this opportunity for extra playing time, establishes themselves? Because this is college football. There are a lot of games that are played. You need depth. Everybody's not going to feel amazing throughout the length of the season, and that's been the problem in the past. Beast. Last year we went through three quarterbacks. You know yeah. what I mean? And you hope nothing happens to Van Dyke. But every position has to show that it can still be elite or really good or good when the person in front of them goes down. And so now the defensive line has been completely under attack. Branson Dean, you know, Mesador. And and so these guys who are behind now have opportunities to show this coaching staff what they can do, especially against inferior talent. I just want to go back to the Texas A&M game for one second. What in your mind was one or two things that happened in that game or that you saw in that game that that surprised you, that helped lead them to victory? There were a lot of things. First of all, they didn't panic when they got down and started making mistakes. It wasn't MTSU 
again with the pick six and this team just completely goes into a tank at home. There seemed to be more trust, trust in teammates. Hey, we're down. Secondly, they made mistakes and still found a way to win. Typically, if Miami has that many turnovers and that many bonehead plays, they can never get out of their own way and, and, and the game would be basically be over. They had muff punts, blocked kicks, you know, just bad plays all around, lack of protection on, you know, the offensive line and still found ways to make explosive plays. Then people stepped up. Xavier Restrepo had the best game of his four-year career. You know what I mean? We really hadn't seen that. It's been teased, but he finally stepped up and, and showed that, you know, he can be electric. I told you, we need to find playmakers. I think we know who they are. You've got, you know, Jacoby George, even though he had mistakes, he atoned. Two touchdown performance from him. And Kobe Young was consistently good. Now we see when he's not in the game, that kind of establishes some weaknesses there for this Hurricane team. But when he went out, then Horton comes in and took advantage of a substitution at defensive back, and he scores a touchdown and limited playing time. And so now you've established depth at the wide receiver position. TVD, which I still think is a system guy, but that <laughs> system just happens to be the system that Miami is running. They're running this air raid, get the ball out, move the ball around the field, you know, throw to the open spot type of offense, and it's working. And there's creativity. Shannon Dawson obviously have a mind for offense, and he showed his creativity, especially down on the goal line in Miami's first score. And so you you have a lot of things that you're impressed by. You're impressed by the offensive creativity, the play calling. You're impressed by the fact that this team didn't get down on themselves when things weren't going right. You're impressed by the fact that they played a very less than perfect game and still find a way to make this game not even really close, especially toward the second half. And then they were physical. The depth was cool. It was nice to see, you know, Lance Kidry get after the ball with those, you know, corner blitzes from Daryl Porter and Wesley Bassaint, you know, coming from the linebacker position. There was a lot more sure tackling. And the biggest surprise for me was James Williams, number 20, finally playing like the five-star talent that he is. Listen, if he plays like this, this is going to be rough. When Kitchens comes back and he's playing the way he's playing, these are the Miami defenses of old, these bullies running around. You don't want to catch the ball in the middle of traffic. These guys are going to put you on your back. They're going to talk some trash to you. And I ain't ready to put on my orange and green glasses yet, <laughs> but I do like a lot of the things that I saw. But there were mistakes, and the mistakes have to be cleaned up because if you make those kind of mistakes on the road at FSU, you make those kind of mistakes against Clemson, you make those kind of mistakes on the road at UNC, you will not win football games. And those are just the facts. Speaking of the facts, uh, I think the surprising thing to me uh, in that game against Texas A&M is, you know, in previewing Texas A&M and watching their previous game against New Mexico State, I really thought that that defense for Texas A&M was going to have more hurries, more rushes, maybe more sacks against Tyler Van Dyke. But that offensive line, once again, came through for TVD and really did a good job of keeping him upright. It is 1,000% better than what we saw last year. And I think, you know, you talked about TVD and he's in the right system, but I think the thing, the biggest thing is, one, he's healthy, uh, except for whatever finger issue he's got going on, but he doesn't have the shoulder issue that he had last except year. Except for that big old black thing that's on his right, finger. Right, yeah, the prosthesis or whatever Mario was talking about. <laughs> and then, uh, but the, the biggest thing is he's got protection. So he's able, not only is he able to stay upright, but he's able to go through his progressions, take his time, uh, and, and make, the right, make the right throw. 
And, and I think that's the difference between week one and week two. There's some throws he just didn't take in week one that were right there. And, and week two, you saw him take a few more chances, trust his receivers, and get the ball out. And that's what he's being tasked to do. He's not being tasked to be a Lamar Jackson and run around. He's being tasked to get and distribute the ball. Most of the time, he's getting and hooking up with his roommate, his friend, his best friend, possibly, and Xavier Restrepo. And it was just fun to watch, Beast. It was just fun to, to see this Hurricane team looking like a team that, you know, had a little bit of juice, was well coached. The coaching staff needs to take a bow. They coached well during that football game. I'm and not they, saying what they're going to do. I'm not giving – I'm not extending it down the line. I'm not ready to say put us in the CFB. I'm saying one game, one very difficult game on your schedule, one game you had to win to kind of show people that you're legit and should be taken serious, and almost the third watch game of the entire weekend behind Colorado, Nebraska, and Texas, Alabama, which shows you how strong the brand is. You know, at the end of the day, the University of Miami did what they needed to do. And I'm, you know, I have to say I'm excited about this team right now. You know, for me, it's it's good to see that this team can win in a in a track meet kind of game. I mean, you go look at the yardage, Miami, Texas A&M were about equal. I mean, all the numbers, Texas A&M actually had the edge. The biggest difference is Miami got chunk plays uh, and got into the end zone when they had to. Texas A&M didn't. Um, so that was a, a big key, but going forward this week and then at Temple, it's going to be a couple of weeks where hopefully they can work out the kinks, work on all the mistakes that they've seen in the first two weeks, get things going, get things cranking as we head on towards the rest of the season. One thing that has to get worked on, that run game. The absence of Mark Fletcher, you know, Henry Paris had one really good run and set up a lot of scoring, um, but I can tell you, the difference between no Fletcher with only Parrish and Don Chaney, the run game, uh, uh, whew, there's a lot to like, but hopefully and, we can get restore some confidence in the run game in these next couple of weeks. And let's not forget, you know, yes, Cam McCormick had, had a catch, but he's basically a blocker. You're losing. You don't have that tight end aspect to this passing offense. Tight end's been in existence. Who tidying you where? I mean, yeah, no, no, I know, but I mean, you got right now, you got Arroyo and Skinner that are, you know, not able to uh, be a part of the offense right now for one reason or the other. So just imagine if you get one of those guys involved, how what this what this offense could do. I don't want to sell Dawson short. He he's very quickly gaining confidence with me, but let's say he's holding some things back and, and has some tight end packages and some things we haven't seen. Every one of these receivers in this offense is a threat. Every one of these guys can make plays. And, and listen, when they're not making plays in this offense, then you have a guy like Brashad who takes the, the, the kickoff back and really, you know, kind of juices the team up. And that's why he was recruited. You know, fast kid. You know, he didn't play a lot of receiver. I know this over the course of his career. He's been mostly a, a running back. He kind of had to convert to receiver in college. So, but one thing he's done well is run with the ball in his hands. And so you saw that on that kickoff. So it's just getting guys who know how to play football in the right positions to take advantage. Will we see more tight end play and the dynamic of that ability on this team down the line? I think we will, but I don't think this entire offense has been presented. And I'm actually okay with that. Yeah, totally. So um, there's no one I think we should talk to more about the state of this team than the guy that runs thestateoftheu.com, and that's Cam Underwood. He will join us next. 
It's The Real Ones Canes Podcast with The Beast and Brandon O'Doy. Follow us on X at Real Ones Canes. Go check out the YouTube channel. Go download the podcast wherever you get podcasts. Cam Underwood from StateOfTheU.com joins us right after this. Canes fans, The Real Ones Canes Podcast is brought to you by Closure Investigative Agency, the premier private investigative firm in Florida. They're the most aggressive PI firm in South Florida. Ulysses and his crew will get you the information you need and leave no stone unturned. They've been doing it for more than two decades, and there is no one else you should trust to find you the truth. Are you worried about a cheating spouse? Do you have a custody issue? Do you need a thorough background check done of a potential employee? Need an insurance or legal investigation done? Or even an international investigation that needs to happen? Closure Investigative Agency has you covered. Call Ulysses and his staff right now at 844-403-2550. That's 844-403-2550. Or email them at info at ciagency.com and follow them on X at C-I-A-P-I-F-L. That's C-I-A-P-I-F-L. And find them on the web at ciagency.net. Closure Investigative Agency, sponsoring The Real Ones Canes Podcast. Back here in the Real Ones Canes podcast. Go download the show wherever you get your podcast. Like, subscribe, make uh, really great comments that make uh, that make myself and Brandon feel like superstars. Uh, that would really be great. Follow us on X at Real Ones Canes. Now bringing in a guy that that knows a lot about this program. He does a great job as the managing editor for StateOfTheU.com. You can follow him on X at Underwood Sports. Cam Underwood, welcome to the show. Yeah, what's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. <laughs> so we uh, we just recapped the Texas A&M game, and I asked Brandon this question. I'm going to ask it to you. What was the one or two things you saw from the Miami Hurricanes team in that game that surprised you? Uh, at first, I want to say the resiliency. This is a program that has folded in tough situations for 20 years. And, you know, so a little inside baseball – Brandon, Brian, and myself, Beast and myself, all sit in the same row in the press box, right? So we all, like, just talk to each (laughs) other throughout the game, you know, and, like, it's a a community. Like, all the journalists, we all talk to each other. And when it got to 10-0, I turned to Brandon, and I said, oh, boy. I said, this is not going to be good. Because in the past 15 years, right, what happens when Miami goes down 10-0 early with errors? Three and out, punt touchdown the other team it's 17 nothing halfway through the first quarter heads are down tyler van dyke even said it after the game he said look in the past last year that team quit at 10 nothing and i was very surprised that in that spot walked down the field got a touchdown and said oh okay got down 17 7 came back walked down got a touchdown and said okay whoa 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 this was a team that had a glass jaw. I mean, if you had a jab slip through, it was night-night. They went to sleep. This team took a couple of haymakers of their own making. Look, you gave 
Texas A&M, two touchdown drives that combined covered fewer than 25 yards of the field, right? It was a nine yard and a 14 yard or 15 yard touchdown drives. Two different drives, right? There's teams that this, this program of the Miami Hurricanes does not or has not bounced back from negative situations like that pretty much ever in the last 20 years. So seeing that was a really, really great uh, change in the culture and just the the mental fortitude of the team. So that was the first thing. And then Tyler Van Dyke, looking like Tyler Van Dyke. Look, this is a kid who, you know, came in two years ago after Derek King blew, blew out his knee, after Jake Garcia broke his ankle. Because if you don't remember, in that Central Connecticut game, he was the third quarterback in. Go look it up on the box score and the participation report. I said it at the time because I thought Jake Garcia was going to be the guy. And then Tyler Van Dyke put on that show in 21. And then even today, before the game, I looked down, you know, my 2020 vision. Yes, that's a flex because everybody was uh, like Brandon has to use his binoculars, old man. Anyways. Hey, man, I uh, just got those. The shots are fired. And look, he's only a week older than I am. So that, that's a, a personal jab and a good I friend a of mine. A very important week. <laughs> exactly exactly but i looked down and i saw like you know the black wrap that tyler had on his index finger i said his finger like he has something on his finger i don't know if it's two of them wrapped together but and everybody's like what how do you say it? i'm like it's jet black on his finger like you can't miss it and then you know brandon was like okay here it goes like you know when he misses throws and everything and that's gonna be the excuse and he threw that ball uh to uh isaiah horton and it took off from there. That was really kind of incredible. So I will say that's the other takeaway from the game that I have. Cam, uh, our boy Brandon has mentioned that he thinks Tyler Van Dyke is a system quarterback. Now, in the, in the previous segment, he's like, well, it just so happens that Shannon Dawson runs the system that he fits in. But also so did Rhett Lashley. So... Is it he's a system quarterback, or maybe last year he was just hurt, didn't get great coaching, and didn't have the offensive line that he has now? You know how great your house looks and smells when it's just been cleaned? So fresh. And somehow, a clean house makes your head feel fresher, too. With a housekeeper from Care, you can reset your house and your head as often as you like for less than you think. Find a great housekeeper, set a schedule that works for you, and check cleaning off your to-do list so you can put your mind to other, more fun things. Get the housekeeping help you need at Care.com. A little bit of both, honestly. You know, he was running for his life last year. Um, he should not have played the rest of the season after he, in, he got not. injured in the shoulder. Like, you know, when he got tackled on that shoulder, that was uh, at Hard Rock. We all saw it, and, like, every you could hear it from the stands go, ooh, like he got tackled on his throwing shoulder. And, you know, in the world of sports medicine, elbows and knees used to end careers. But now you can come back from those Tommy John surgery for a pitcher or, you know, you blow your uh, your ACL out or something. You know, fine, you get surgery, you come back. Shoulders and hips, those still in careers, just like they did for Bo Jackson. So seeing that last year, I was like, this is a guy who can't throw the ball, you know, and the offense did him no favors. The offensive line was atrocious. So he's running for his life, and we know that that's not his skill set. And, yeah, you go back to a, a new coordinator who runs, you know, some veer and shoot, some some vertical passing concepts that he likes. And when they ran that stutter go to Isaiah Horton, they were just like, look, let it rip, man. You know, just like throw it vertical. This is what you do best. And we're going to find ways to get that. Even 
you know, and then you look at that throw, you look at the beautiful dime he dropped up the left sideline to Xavier Restrepo right before the half. That was an incredible throw. Even the touchdown that wasn't on that double move post route to Jacoby George, that ball was pinpoint perfect. And you're seeing, okay, if we're giving this guy some time to throw the ball down the field, he's really, really good at it. And if that's the system, you know, married with the skill set, I'm with it. But yeah, last year was uh, by far and away the aberration. And if you can't believe that, look at the struggling of Maryland, even through the spring game and through yeah. the beginning of the season with Josh Gaddis as their offensive coordinator now. I mean, one of these things is not like the other. And unfortunately, that's Gaddis. But, uh, you know, with Shannon Dawson, I think that we have something. We're going to be cooking with fish grease here. Yeah, no, I've been the biggest defender of what we had offensively last year. And I'm even you know, starting to come around like, yeah, this is way better. This is not what we had last year. There are some improving factors, though. That offensive line has been rebuilt. Credit to Mario Cristobal and, and, and Alex Maribal and all those guys. Um, and that helps, you know, because TVD ain't a run-for-your-life type of quarterback. Him not being injured is a big deal. But you talked about resiliency, and that's something that I said. I said the almost exact same thing. We've had these conversations. To me, Cam, did we learn enough about this team to have more confidence in our initial projections, or is there still more to prove? Because I went back and looked at the defensive backfield for Texas A&M, and they were atrocious. Ooh, and so uh, <laughs> I just, but it's like, okay, it, it, it's kind of like. Is this team have as many weapons as we saw offensively in the past game? Or are there concerns like potentially the run game, the health of Mark Fletcher, what's going to happen on the defensive line? Where where do how much do we really take away from this win? And and you know, as someone who's covered this team for a while, like you said, historically some things were reversed. This team would have normally folded, so that was new. But how much I mean, basically the hype meter, how, how much are you turning that up? I'm turning it up at least one win. Like, cause this pretty much everybody had this penciled or penned or etched in stone as a loss, right? So you come in and you win this game and this game was not as close as the score would indicate. This game right. was a blowout, right? Miami ended on a 41 to 16 run without spotting them two touchdowns and a cup. I mean, like even other scoring drives that they had garbage time and like some other thing like this is a blowout this is a five like four or five touchdown win like miami dominated texas a&m here and that in and of itself i think is at least worth one win on whatever you had projected coming into the season personally i was seven and five that means i'm already floored eight and four and then if you look forward Clemson's looking funny in the light. North Carolina went to the buzzer again in overtime with Appalachian State, you know, again for the second year in a row. Um, Florida State looks pretty good, but, you know, hey, if Miami continues to make steps forward, I'm not even going to have that as a, you know, a surefire loss. That's all I'm going to say because that game is different, and it's even been when teams are bad that they've been competitive is my point, piece. I see you trying to weigh me down. But I my point... My point is this, I'm turning the hype meter up one click, no more, no less. And if we continue to play, then okay, we can turn the volume up even further. But for me right now, after this one game in the second week of the season, I'm turning it up one click. 
All right, you just you just saved it for me probably blowing blood vessels in my neck uh you- coming back at you <laughs> with the with the with the one click. Okay. We, we, I thought you were going to go there, you didn't go there. No, 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 so, no, 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 no. Yeah, so we're we're, we're okay. Um yeah. but the, but the, you know, listen, regardless of what you think is going to happen the rest of the year, based on a two-game sample, I just feel like the coaching is better, the talent is better, and the team is better than five and seven. And Tyler Van Dyke said it right after the game. He said, that is not happening again. This team will not be five and seven. I love it. You know, and you, you had to have leaders who come out and uh, make clear declarative statements like that. And, you know, on all phases and all sides, I, th- I agree with you. The talent is better. The coaching is better. The team as a whole is better. And the talent is being used better. You're not having the the square peg round hole disconnect of we're going to make Tyler Van Dyke run around. We're going to not have a good offensive line and run power run or try to run power run because other teams are just going to push us backwards like we did last year with Josh Gaddis. We did not have those guys to do that. We did not have the best offensive line in the country and three 230-pound running backs to hammer people, but we're running offense in that way. That was the disconnect. Now we have better talent and we're using it in better, smarter, more aligned ways to their athletic ability, and I love that. This question's actually, I want you two to to, to both get involved here because this is not my area of expertise, but it would seem like the way that Mario reorganized the staff where he moves a couple of guys that were coaches now to being more on the recruiting front. Um, and it seems like that recruiting apparatus of all the analysts and recruiting coordinators and all the guys that he's got back there, that has made a solid difference. I don't cover it enough to really have, you know, uh, proof of that or to, to know that all the stories around that. But it seems like those kind of moves have really helped out. I agree completely. And you get, you let guys do what they do best. Steve Field, uh, you know, former high school coach down here at Miami Northwestern, also North Marion High School, played at the University of Miami back in the day. He, when he stopped coaching high school, his first job was at FAMU, I want to say, in the recruiting department. Then he went to Louisville in the recruiting department. And then he worked for Mario Cristobal at Oregon in, yep, say it with me, the recruiting department. And then he left there and came back and coached the position that he played in tight ends. And then, yeah, sees Gino going on in his career. He says, look, let me be the head person in charge of the recruiting department. You take Mike Rumpf, who I believe is better at building relationships than he showed in his time as, a, uh, as the cornerbacks coach, but you have him be the relationship guy and then you give other opportunities to guys to coach on the field and also take like the in-person lead of the you know the the recruiting apparatus when you have smart moves like that and you can lean back on a guy and say okay steve field has worked in the recruiting department or run recruiting departments at three other institutions before he came here mike rumpf was a first round nfl draft pick and he's from here you know He's from South Florida, played at Miami, you know, all these things. And you're building relationships that way. And you're going around in a smart way in terms of what we do and how we do it in the world of recruiting that aligned with, you know, the, the coaching changes, like bringing a Jamila die who recruited at an uh, elite level at Georgia and looks like he's heating up here. You know, you bring in other guys to be able to do these kind of things. And then you can say, Hey, we have hall of fame defensive end, Jason Taylor as well. You want to go talk to him real quick? Yeah. These things are all holistically making the recruiting better. 
Yeah, I think the apparatus is much more streamlined. The biggest thing for me, they're more relationship guys on the staff, more guys who are connected to this hurricane program and Mario's vision. And I think when you talk about a Stephen Field, this is a guy that's coached with Mario before. You talk about a Rump who's been on basically every staff since he's been hired in the recruiting department. Other guys you bring in, you bring in a, a Highsmith with like NFL assistant GM credentials. Plus he was a hurricane. He know what a hurricane player should look like. You know, there's a lot to like behind the scenes, but the biggest thing beast with me is it's winning big games like you want on, you know, Saturday afternoon. And that's what it's about. You can do all you want in recruiting. You can, man, you can have NIL bags up to the sky. If you don't win and guys don't want to play for, you know, bad teams, it does not matter. And I think that's the difference in what's changing. When I wrote the recruiting rules, I wrote a feature in 2018, which is still up on stateoftheview.com and you should check out. The last recruiting rule, number nine, was win. You have to have proof of concept because you can talk a good game, right? You say, hey, come play here. We're going to do this. We're going to use you in this way. We're going to do all these things. But you keep going five and seven, six and six. That's not going to work. You have to have wins on the field that are proof of concept. And even if the full game operation was not exactly what Mario Cristobal would have preferred, because he probably would have preferred to run for 400, throw for 200 something and still win. Right. But instead you throw for almost 400, five touchdowns. You have a couple turnovers. You have, you know, 10 penalties, some of which were, super shenanigans from the referees, but whatever. But even with how the game went, it was not a hundred percent the perfect vision of Mara Cristobal football. But even with that being said, he can point to this and say, this isn't even optimal op uh, operations. And we still whooped him out of the stadium. So now and think about what that, happens when you come and join us. And not only that, let me say this. With the recruits that you still want to have a shot at, namely Jeremiah Smith at Shamanah Madonna, who's a five-star number two player in the country receiver who put up 316 yards in a, almost a half of play. Craziness. The way you won, the way you won is so much more helpful because it looked electric, especially from the wide receiver position. You don't need mm -hmm. any more running back recruits. You've already got those guys locked in. So the way you won helps you for the guy you still want. Right, but also you need offensive linemen because you play five of them at a time. You want to have eight or ten of them ready. So, look, you look at the offensive line. Look back again at that touchdown to Isaiah Horton. Tyler Van Dyke was back there baking a cake from scratch. I mean, he was back there patting the ball a couple few times. He said, I'm going to wait for you to do the, the, uh, Okay, I'm going to finally throw the ball. Nobody got near him. That pop was perfect. If you look at some of these running plays, look, you're still getting pushed. Now, it wasn't seven yards of carry, but against probably the best defensive line that Miami's going to face this year, they were still moving bodies, right? So, again, yeah, you have a great performance, and you win in exciting fashion. You get one of the fastest players on the team with a 98-yard kick return. You had Xavier Strepo blowing up the kicker on the way back. You can point to all the passing game. You can point to all these things. And for Mario, he's like, yeah, I want to still be bigger and stronger. But to the recruits, you still have something to sell. And again, it's not even peak crystal ball football. And we still blew them out. Cam Underwood, managing editor of State of the U. Follow him on X at Underwood Sports. Cam, before we get you out of here, 
did I hear you're you're changing your prediction on the uh, win total for the season? Did I did I catch a little eight and four action or one hundred percent? Okay, yeah, okay. absolutely. I was firmly seven and five with this as a loss to Texas A and M, and along with that one click of the hype meter, I'm putting up one more win on the board. I'm, I'm updating my process and saying eight and four with room to continue to grow. And the other part of my seven and five, which I even wrote on stateofview.com, which you should be following and reading every day is seven and five dot, 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 prove me wrong. Because I've been bought in before on the talent. I've been bought in before on the recruiting rankings. I've been bought in before on other things than demonstrable performance. And now I said, no, I'm going to take a measured look. I believe that there's seven wins on this schedule and five losses. And if it's not going to be that, you're going to need to prove me wrong, Miami Hurricanes football team and Mario Cristobal's head coach. And on Saturday at Hard Rock Stadium, they took a big step towards proving me wrong. And I love being wrong when I undershoot things. But at this point, yeah, we're going to turn that up to eight and four and then continue to move forward. Cam, thanks so much for joining us, my man. We love reading your stuff at stateoftheu.com. Following you at Underwood Sports and most importantly, uh, we love yucking it up with you in the press box as we, the three of us have now become the old men from the Muppets. Yeah, man. So we're doing all that, but it's great to talk to you guys. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Will do. We've got uh, some more to discuss about this football team and this program. We will do that on the Real Ones Canes podcast right after this. Canes fans, the Real Ones Canes podcast is brought to you by Closure Investigative Agency, the premier private investigative firm in Florida. They're the most aggressive PI firm in South Florida. Ulysses and his crew will get you the information you need and leave no stone unturned. They've been doing it for more than two decades, and there is no one else you should trust to find you the truth. Are you worried about a cheating spouse? Do you have a custody issue? Do you need a thorough background check done of a potential employee? Need an insurance or legal investigation done? Or even an international investigation that needs to happen? Closure Investigative Agency has you covered. Call Ulysses and his staff right now at 844 844- 403-2550. That's 844-403-2550. Or email them at info at ciagency.com. And follow them on X at C-I-A-P-I-F-L. That's C-I-A-P-I-F-L. And find them on the web at ciagency.net. Closure Investigative Agency. Sponsoring... The Real Ones Canes Podcast. Welcome back to the Real Ones Canes Podcast. I'm the Beast Brian London. My partner in crime is Brandon O'Doy. Follow me at Miami Radio Beast. Follow Brandon at Brandon underscore O'Doy. And follow the whole entire operation at Real Ones Canes. And please Get the podcast wherever you get all your podcast: Apple, uh, Amazon, Google, Spotify, and check out the YouTube channel as well. Brandon, I listened to a lot of the recap shows that a lot of the other guys put out about this program on Sunday. I was driving around Sunday, had a bunch of errands to do, listened to a bunch of podcasts. There is a lot of orange and green glasses on uh about this program and listen i don't want to discourage anyone i don't want to take away from what was a a really good victory but i have two points one 
it's a long season. And even though Very maybe long. even though maybe Clemson doesn't look great now or North Carolina doesn't look great now, doesn't look great now, who knows what's going to happen uh, a few weeks down the line. And the other thing is, do we know what Texas A&M is going to be at the end of the year? Could they go 5 and 7 again? Are they better? Are they not as good as we thought they were going to be despite all of the talent they have? I think both of those things could be true and I'm I'm just saying Let's just take it one week at a time before we get ahead of ourselves. I agree. I agree 1,000%. I'm definitely not ready to say this team's going to compete for a national championship or even an ACC championship uh, for that matter because there are a lot of roadblocks on this schedule. A couple of things that I didn't care for as far as like getting too hype about things. Miami completely eliminated Texas A&M's downfield passing game uh, the week before that looked unstoppable. And so was that just a fluke or is Miami really legit on the back end? We're going to find out at UNC because you've got a guy that's going to be a first round pick whenever he comes out in Drake May. So that's still to come. Run game, I said it before. I'll, I'll say it again because it bears repeating. A little bit concerned about it, especially the health of Fletcher. You need that element of Fletcher and Parrish like you had in week one to provide the true threat that this offense needs. I like what Allen brought in late, but it still wasn't the same. And maybe you're going to see a more of a shuffling with Allen, maybe not so much Don Chaney, because Allen kind of brought a little bit more of the up and down north and south running uh, that maybe a Fletcher gives you to Parrish's kind of flashing and getting to the outside. So, yes, um, there, I'm not <laughs> I'm not ready to put on the orange and green at all. As far as the shades are concerned, there are things to like, but definitely a few concerns out there and a few traps out there. And we're going to see what this depth looks like. And I'm excited to find out. Yeah, you know, listen, I've never been a part or covered a um, a team at Miami that hasn't needed multiple running backs because of injuries. I mean, this goes back to Danielle Ferguson, you know, uh, having a major, almost uh, life-threatening hip injury up at West Virginia, where literally he was taken, you know, into the trauma unit and Dr. Uribe performed surgery literally, you know, within hours after that injury up in West Virginia. So um, bad things have happened to running backs. And that that's across. I mean, look at what happened to Baltimore. You know, they they lost their starting running back. The Ravens did. Now we got Gus the bus leading the way for the Ravens. It always happens with injuries. So that's why you need three or four of them. And that's why Miami has depth there. And you're right. You need to get Fletcher back. He's showing flashes as a freshman. And I think this team does still have areas to improve in, right? It's only the second game. Not, not everything is perfect. You got to make sure you can't have those uh, breakdowns on special teams. Uh, you got to make sure that you're, you know, coaching up the kids to, to not maybe uh, be overly aggressive where you're getting called on ridiculous penalties. Um, you had a couple, I think, offsides penalties on Maragoa uh, in, in this game, and he's just a freshman and getting used to it. So there's still stuff to get better at, and I think that's what behooves uh, Mario Cristobal and his coaching staff is that they can turn on the film, and despite the fact that it was a great win, there were still mistakes they got to correct and get better at. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this is a great loss to have, a great win to have, rather, because you won convincingly, just like Miami of Ohio, but there's a lot of things you can clean up. You know, offensively, you can do better in the run game. You can get the tight ends more involved. You can stop the, the silly penalties. Um, there were a lot of, um, you know, 
after the play penalties that Miami had to deal with, which is just a focus issue. And so at the end of the day, um, this is a team that is in a good position right now. The coaching staff can really show how good they can be because now you've had a very difficult game. You're going to have some less lesser games to kind of sink your teeth into and really show some skill and some acumen on moving some things around. Test your depth and get ready for the bulk of this schedule, the meat of this schedule, which is at UNC in three weeks. Thanks to Cam Underwood from stateoftheu.com for joining us. Brandon, thanks so much as always. We will see you next time on the Real Ones Canes podcast. Don't forget, subscribe, download, give us good juju on all the comments. Push that thing up the uh, the up the charts, and we'd really appreciate it. Follow us on X at Real Ones Canes. We will see you next time on Real Ones Canes podcast. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants—they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.